Welcome to the Painters Podcast, proudly sponsored by Aussie Painters Network and Painters Training. In our podcast, we're interviewing real people on real jobs, as well as specialists within their areas of business to give you ideas to help you grow your business and make it more profitable. All information within this podcast is of general information, and you should seek independent professional advice about your own specific situation. Having 30 years of painting industry experience from running his own painting business, the editor of the Aussie Painting Contractor magazine, to now mentoring painting business owners and training apprentices, I'd like to introduce your host, Nigel Gorman. Hi everyone, welcome to the Painters Podcast. I'd like to introduce Glenn from Short Paint. Now I've known Glenn for six or seven years. I've watched him develop from a business that was struggling in the new housing market to running a thriving painting business, turning over over $2 million in the last 12 months. So hi Glenn, and welcome to the Painters Podcast. Hey mate, how are you going today? Good, good. Thanks for taking your time and coming in for a chat. And, you know, we've known each other six or seven years and we speak on a fairly regular basis, as I do with a lot of painters. And I've watched you go and grow as we were talking yesterday about quoting and those sorts of things and how your business is going. And I ran a poll overnight on our Facebook group. And quoting was actually one of the biggest ones that the majority of, of painters out there actually wanted to find out some more, more information. And for those, yeah, right. you know, and then from there, we were talking about it. And you explained to me that in the last 12 months, you've done in excess of a thousand quotes. So I thought it might take this opportunity to have a chat to you about that. And away we go from there. So wanted to find out, to give a bit of your history to, to our listeners, whereabouts did you start in the painting industry? I started, um, I started with my father when, when I was 15, so I wasn't very good at school. Um, I, I failed maths and I failed English in year 10 yep. because I was just it's a typical kid that just wasn't interested in school. But they just didn't uh, give me any form of, of uh, education where I was actually stimulated. So my father seen it as, well, if you're going to you, do that, you're not going to sit at home and uh, do nothing and you're not going to go to school and, and muck around. So he pulled me out of school and he uh, dragged me off to work and we did new construction. So he was a subby for a guy that done new construction and plantation homes and like bloomers and like all of the construction that was going on in, in Queensland and in Brisbane, you know, circa 15, 20 years ago. And it was like just developing streets. And we never had a QBCC or a BSA or any trade licenses like and so basically it was just, he was a subby and he, you know, old mate would show him the purchase order from Villa World and that was 25 or $23 a square metre and he'd take the GST off of it. Yep. Uh, yeah, and then we would do the job and, you know, buy the materials and he taught me a work ethic and he taught me how to, how to work, man. Fabulous. See, that was, that was where you started. Then with your dad, where did things progress there? Um, you know, he retired well, and whatnot? Or? Well, what happened was... Um, you know, I, I was I went from fifteen to, to eighteen or nineteen, and you know, for, for doing new construction, you know, I was a fairly proficient basic spray and spray out of house, backfill, gloss, well, you know, everything that, that you do. Um, and then like I, I started saying to Dad, like, why are we losing money to this guy? He's not doing nothing for us. And Dad was never a um, a business minded person. He, he looking back, he was never an entrepreneur. All he, all he wanted was security for his family. And all he knew how to do was, was put his head down and his, and his ass up and work with his two hands with, with whatever skills he had. And um, 
you know, QB, the BSA at the time, and we need this, and got to get trade assessed. So we had to, we had to go and get trade assessed by like, uh, you know, all you know, the trade assessment companies like such as what you guys do, and we had no idea, man. <laughs> <We> yeah. had, <laughs> this, guy, this guy came out talking about wallpaper and how like, you know, if you mix this with this, and you know, linseed oil with terps, if you leave it in a rag, it'll catch fire. And we're like, whatever, yep. mate. You know, whatever. Get out of here, you're an idiot, you know. You know? Anyway, uh, we failed like multiple blocks. We had to be upskilled and, you know, eventually got the QBCC and then it was, you know, I was, uh, you know, in 19 or so. So I'm like 19, I'm like trying to chase around supervisors and like, hey man, you know, do your job, blah, blah, blah. Um, ended up getting a couple of supervisors, working for builders and never worked as hard in my life as we did. We worked like eight, nine weeks without a day off at this one point in time doing these display homes and stuff and it was and we made you know pittance slave slave labor pretty much yeah um, oh, yeah it's difficult but it is man you know like in um over the years you know because the situation it was always like you know you only got enough work you're always in fear for where your next job's coming from if your relationship with the supervisor is going to be adequate you know if the supervisor leaves you know they can bring in all their own trades there's no there's no security there's no sustainability and it's just um there was always a, a consistent level to learn anything i could from whoever i could to try and better our situation but dad kind of just didn't he you know he was you know he was in his 40s going into his 50s and he just didn't, he didn't care man and, and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that he just wanted to be a painter that's all he wanted to do yeah. Um, and he and he was he was a good painter, man. He he was even, you know, he was a good painter. He would do things properly, but it didn't necessarily result to us making any money. We, we you know we were lucky lucky to make wages. Yeah. So in, in a in you know, Actually, in essence, I decided to say. Sorry, I was just going to say. So in an yeah. essence, he was basically buying himself a job with what he was doing. He was making wages at best. You know, and having to deal oh. with all the other rubbish that goes along the way. Man, we, we had a we had a an old beat up rodeo, dual cab, nineteen ninety three model, packed to the packed to the, the, the was packed, man. You know, you never have enough room, you know, and just yep. you know, there was there was no there was no like yes, there might have been insurance and then some uh, personal accident insurance, but the, you know, it's it's just you work, you get paid. You don't work, you don't get paid, and you just work your guts out. And you know, you've got to go in on a Saturday to do touch-ups for free. Then it is what it is. And if you don't do the touch-ups, you can't keep the supervisor happy, and then he won't give you any more jobs. You know, yep. like, um, pretty much same today in that market. It, it, it is. It is the same today. Um, the only difference is, is you find people that you know they they think they're running a business, but they're not. No, you exactly. know. It, it, they think they are, but they're not. They're they're a glorified subcontractor. That's yeah. all they are. Yeah, they they struggle with, like you said, all of the other headaches for a wage, not for a you know a, an actual business profitability. Well, the you know the, the they they're going to work. They're managing up to to seven to ten different employees and you know half of them you know they're not either on the right pay structure or compensation or and then the thing is is 
they operate a business based on their own ethics, which is, you know, I pay my bills, I make sure everyone's paid and then I get a wage. But really, they're running a business which is satisfying everyone else around them other than looking after themselves and their own families first. Um, yep. the, builder, the builder gives them a call and says, hey, you know, oh, I need touch-ups done tomorrow. Well, tomorrow, man, I'm going bloody boating with, with my daughters. You know, it's like, well, too bad. You don't go fix this, mate. I'm not giving you another job. Oh, but what am I going to do with... should be worried about the boys. should be worried about spending time with daughters. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um, it's 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 get it you know and it, it, look you got to go through it to, to to be aligned with it and sometimes you you so you so deep in the forest that you can't see the trees oh 100%. and um, and it's it, it becomes such a grind that you don't know any different and anyone that tells you that that's different you know it's it's like what slaves are free over in Sicily no way I don't believe it I'm not you know oh, it's just, you know so you are. Uh, yeah, well, it's, I mean, look, I've, this, is, I've, this is what other people do. Yeah, that's exactly. This is yeah how it all works. Well, I mean, I had a perfect example this morning. I had an email come. Actually, sorry, it was on uh, Messenger. I had a Messenger message come through from a painter actually saying to me, hey, I've just been offered all this work. They're offering me $25.50 a floor metre. What's the going yeah. rates out there? And I just said to him, mate, have you got any other work? He said, yeah, I've booked out for ages. And I said, well, keep going with what you're doing. Don't go and work for 25 bucks a metre, you know, 25, mm. 50 a metre. You can't, you'll never make money any, you know, out of that. But that's what the bigger building companies are offering. They're saying, look, you know, come and work for us. We've got a million dollars worth of work to do, but you've got to do it at 25 bucks a metre over the next 12 months. And you just can't make money out of that. Like you said, you know, working six, seven days a week, you're, you're surviving, you're not living. Well, look, it really depends on what you want to do. Like if, if you know, um, there, there's nothing wrong with, with being a subcontractor and there's nothing wrong with working for builders. There's, like, honestly, at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with it. It just depends on what you want. If, if you want to run a business and you want the stresses of dealing with this and that and you want to grow, Trust me, man, like you're going to go through some deep stress and some deep problems and some fire that you're going to have to go through. But if you just want to go to work, not be told what to do, run your own show with maybe one or two others and just, you know, not evolve, go to work in a pair of thongs and, you know, and all the rest of it, then, man, go do new work. Like it's, it's perfect suited for you. But at the end of the day, um, you know, like you can't complain because you're getting exactly what you're after. And the builders, there's nothing wrong with what the builders are doing. They're offering, you know, they're running a business as well. And margins and, you know, all of these other things come into play. So you can't, like, there's a lot of hate on builders and I don't hate them. I actually, you know, it's very inspirational what they do, especially as a business owner. But, like, they, without, without me going through what they put me through, um, I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. And, and that's, but it's in the same token, like, you know, take for instance, like you get contractors that, oh, I've got, I've got 10 townhouses to do. Okay, great. Each townhouse is, is worth six or $7,000, five townhouses deep. So they owe you 30K. And now it's like, oh, you know, like uh, we're having payment troubles or, or whatever. So like you haven't got a contract, you haven't got nothing. And, you want to go there and, and be aggressive and break stuff and all that, it's only going to result in getting thrown in jail. That's, that, that, and that's what happens, man. 
Yep, um, exactly. And, <laughs> you know, like you have to understand if you're going to work for builders, you have to understand where you are on the totem pole. And you are on the same position as every other. That is that you're on the bottom. Yep. It's the customer, the builder, the builder's internal staff, and then you. And it doesn't matter if you've had the relationship with them for 10 years, two months, 10 months, if you're the best contractor they got. Mate, as if they can get a silicon guy that's been with them for three years and he pays them $2 a lineal meter and some other crew turns up 500 houses, if you can't match it, you are gone. That's how yeah, it works. Completely, completely. Everybody today talks of ethics in business and ethics in general. You know, oh, I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. And, but at the end of the day, man, like it's, it's business. This is not personal. Um, and yes, you're running a small business, but you have to understand that if you do not succeed and you do not do it properly, when you do not, you know, um, make sure that you cover your bases, the alternative is losing your house, the house where your family lives that you have potentially. That is the game that you're playing. You are playing for keeps. No different. If, like you, you're a rugby league fan, aren't you? You, you play rugby league. Yep. You? Yep. So if, if you've got a, a 19 year old son, right. And he's, you know, he's pretty good, you know, and yep. he's playing for the, I don't know, like the Colts or something. And he's playing like reserve grade. Yep. When he runs out onto that field, if he doesn't play hard, he can break his back or his neck or be put out in general. That's right. So when he goes out on that field, as a, as you as your as you know you're his father, you do if you do this, you go hard and you go out there to hurt them. You don't go out there to play nice. You go out no. there to win. That's right. And and that's just a game. Like that. Like at the end of the day, man, it's a game. Like it it's a game of football for for eighty minutes or ninety minutes, whatever it is. And you know you are using that level of intensity to play a damn game. Yep. You are, you are now playing with your financial your financial security for not only yourself, but also your, your family, your two little girls that are under the age of five and six. Yep. Your marriage. All of that. All of that. You know, so, and, and you know. And uh, if you want to, if you, you want to leave all that up to chance and, you know, whether I get paid or not, or he's a good bloke and oh, he'll, man, he'll pay me at the end of the month for sure. Oh, yeah, you need me to do another job? No problems. I'll go and do another job. You, you want to risk all of that because you think you're dealing with a good bloke? Pull the more power to you. Off you go. See how you go. Yeah, exactly. And I know, look, I know for yourself, you went through that, I guess, to a point. Um, and, then, and then all of a sudden you decided to make a change. You know, you were, you were, from what I remember, you were struggling, you were having having troubles with yep, everything that you've said, working in that new market. Um, and then now, you know, you've completely turned that round over the last sort of six or seven years and gone from, from that. Actually, I think it was even less than that. Um, mm. in five years or four years that you, you've turned it round to, to where you are now. So do you want to explain what you do now? I guess the market you've moved to and... and how much it's actually changed for yourself. What we did was um, we decided we decided to uh, the 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 turning point was um, basically I was you know doing some townhouses and 
the builder guaranteed me, he met me on site and guaranteed me that he would, you know, he'd pay his outstanding debts and that. I gave him another, you know, five days or something and then went there on the Friday. And on the Friday, they wouldn't open the doors, so they locked me out and then I got angry and then I got arrested and they threw me in the back of a paddy wagon and I was arrested like a criminal when I was the one that was owed $45,000. And um, this, this, was a, this was at the end of a string of my little, you know, just under 30 years of age. And I had been robbed in total with that and over $90,000. Um, and I, I broke, man. I, I broke mentally. And uh, I just said, no more. I, you know, for what? Um, so we decided to, um, after I, you know, got out of the, the lockup and that, I just took a different direction. Um, I sacked all of my 15 staff. I had 15 employees. I fired everybody because I hated them. Yep. I hated I hated all of my employees. I hated my customers. I was in a dark place, man. I hated everybody because the thing that really adjusted me was um, there was a point there's a point in my life that came where I realized that it, everything is my fault. Like I blamed everybody. I blamed the employees. I blamed the customers. I blamed the builders. I blamed the economy. I blamed everything except myself. But really, I was the one that that created everything. I'm the I'm in control of everything, whether I eat today, whether I don't, whether I make money, whether I don't, it's my, it's in my control. Yep. Um, what I do with my 24 hours is what I do with my 24 hours. So I took this extreme ownership and then I went, you know what, this is, I, I sat down, I looked myself in the mirror and I said, look, sack everybody, start again. And I did, I, I fired everybody. And then um, all in one go, I had everybody come to one site that was just doing touch-ups and I'm like, that's it, man. At the end of this job, these are all gone. And I, I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) And and I, I, I abused them. I swore (laughs) at them and, uh, and I, I I paid them out. Obviously I paid everybody out and then uh, I, I told them all to, uh, you know, where to go. Yes. And then, um, (laughs) and then I started fresh and then I, I, I started from house to house, knocking on doors, dropping flyers. And I, I started, I rebuilt, I, I rebuilt, man. Um, I would walk through North Lakes, through Windsor, through Ashgrove, just knocking on doors between five and seven o'clock at night. Hey man, it looks like you need some painting on the outside of your house. You want to quote? And, um, you know, built from one to two to three to four to five. And yeah. And um, now we do within four years, we're doing over $2 million a year in revenue. So. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I mean, the, the the change I've seen in you, you know, because um, I remember when all that happened, um, and it was yeah pretty scary at the time. I thought, oh shit, where, where are you going to end up? You know, where's all this heading? And um, yeah, just to see mm-hmm. the, the turnaround and your personal growth, you know, and you know, like you say, you know, young family, all that sort of stuff with with the girls, and just watching you change and develop from from a young volatile guy like you know in that and you were you know i was uh, i was very i was very angry oh you were you know um but watching you today you know it's chalk and cheese you're a different person and yet the self-development that you've done and the business courses i know you've 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 invested into i guess yourself that's been one of the biggest changes that, you know, you could have gone one of two ways when all of that happened. Um, you could have just thrown the industry out the door and, and you know, 
run away or actually, you know, like you said, you took that personal responsibility and said, okay, no, I'm here. This is where I'm at. I need to make these changes. And then, like you said, you know, you were the one out there knocking on the doors. I can remember when you, you first started doing the flyers, you know, this is how it's really, you know, this is what my plan is. Then, you know, the other ways and then the other things you've developed and the different things, that, the, how you've actually grown your business. It's been a, a fabulous journey from where I sit to watch, you know, um, and see what's possible with just hard work. You know, not saying that the guys who aren't out there, you know. It working, has been a lot of hard work. Um, it's been massive hard work and a lot of time and effort and money invested. I know that, you know, you're sitting up listening to, to webinars and doing courses out of the States and things like that at two o'clock in the morning, you know, because yeah. that's when you had to be online because that's when they were running them, you know, and, and that sort of stuff. Now, I mean, that takes dedication, um, which a lot of people don't have, particularly when they're out working during the day, you know, and swinging the brush, doing the hard slog in the heat to actually get a couple of hours kip, get up and actually do those sorts of things. So, you know, I mean, that, that for me, Watching you do that's just been incredible, you know. And um, yeah, I can't, you know, say that enough, you know, on on where you've where you've been in your personal development of where you've you've come to, you know. So um, now, with with talking about courses and things like that, what do you? I mean, if for the people that are listening, what would you recommend? You know, that they look at if they're wanting to go down that line and wanting to go that they they're stuck in that same rut you're talk, you know, you were talking about that you were in. Um, you know, some mightn't want to be that harsh and and call everyone in and throw them out the door. Others want to, you know, um, others might want to start on that development, look at what they can do and how they can move forward. So what because you've done it, what would you recommend as a starting point or what to look for or that sort of thing? Well, it's not the, um, it's not the skills. Like it's like, it took me a while to understand that it's not the actual skills to do something. Like it's not the, the art of salesman. It's not the, the marketing skills. It's not the, this, it's, it's the, as you said, it's the personal development, understanding your why, understanding why, what your values are, who you are as a person. Like, are you a highly empathetic person that that can can sympathise with others and and know that you get taken advantage of by people? Because if those things, if you can identify that this is what happens to you and this is your pattern, because we're all stuck in these patterns, and so like the the most beneficial thing I ever did was was. Um, is, is, is go to psychologists and, and pay for psychiatry and, 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 and undertake courses that, that make me 16 hours looking inward and writing down who you want to be and who you are today and what traits you need to be able to run a $2 million business. And like now, like even today, like if I'm to, to, to keep growing, um, you know, if it, let's just say if you take someone that's, that is broke, poor and doesn't know how to manage money and you give him $5 million, do you honestly believe he has the skills possible to manage that money? No, no, hope. no. And it's no different. Like everyone's like, Oh, I need more jobs. I need more men. I need more labor. I need more work. I need you know, all this, but do you have the skills and qualification and mental prowess and, and at the absorption of stress, to be able to deal and run a two, three, four, $10 million company? No, you don't. 
No. You, you, because you're not, you, you know, everything's, you know, it, it, it takes time to get to these things, but you have to, like, everybody wants to be a CEO. Like, you know, you see these big companies and they go, oh, you know, this, this man's a CEO and he's on $10 million of $25 million a year. It's like, yeah, but he does 90-hour work weeks. He doesn't see his family. He's embroiled in 50 legal lawsuits. He, he traverses the world through private jets and he never gets a day off. And he is the most ruthless, introverted person you'd ever meet. Yep. 25 million a year. They look at what they look at what he makes as opposed to his routines, his habits, the type of person he is, his traits. How can you fire a hundred people in a day? Well, because I have to. It is what it is. Well, you know what it's you like know, to do it with 15. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Um, but you know, and so if if uh, you had to if you had to say anything um the, the biggest you know is, is personal development looking yourself in the mirror and, and doing some courses on understanding who you are and where you want to be like for all you know man you might want to be an athlete you might want to be a bodybuilder or a personal yeah. trainer i don't know you might want you might love baking in your free time and you want to be a bloody Bloody, uh, what's his name? Bloody Zombo's Perfect Cakes or something. You know, like, I, I don't know. Um, so, you know, um, and for me, when I looked inwards, I knew I wanted to be a business owner. That's, yeah. Yep. You know, uh, and I'm, of the you know. Easy part being understanding painting, that that was a simple, a simple thing. Yeah, look, it, it makes no difference whether it's painting, pressure washing, selling widgets. It's, it's business, the art of business is business and painting right. is just the business that I'm in, unfortunately. 100%. 100%. So. Yep. No, brilliant. So then, you know, I mean, obviously uh, your self-development stuff and then from there um, you then started looking into business courses or, or what was your direction after that? Yeah, so after it was uh, self-development, um, I under I started, so, you know, the, the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, the, you know yep. that guy, yeah, yep. Jordan Belfort. Um, so, uh, I purchased his course, uh, art of sale and things like that. Um, you know, if, if this guy can, can teach, you know, people over the telephone to sell people and manipulate them and who better, you know, fair yeah. enough. He, fair enough. He got done for fraud and all the rest of it, but you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, he's obviously good at what he did. Um, so yeah, uh, undertook those courses, undertook, uh, many, many, many marketing courses and uh business administration understanding uh financials um i'm I, I would say i'm just as skilled as any any bookkeeper or anything like that i understand numbers very well and look i'm a high school dropout i mean i didn't pass mathematics you know yeah. um but when it comes to you know understanding calculations and understanding trends and data and things like that it's um man i if if i don't understand that i can't get I can't continue to to do better because everything is data driven in today's world. Nothing's pen and paper anymore. Everything's data. Oh, hundred percent. But and I know, you know, with us, you know, a lot of discussions we've had over the years. You know, I mean, the number of times that you've rung me or I've spoken to you, and and we've sat down and we've discussed your figures, and just straight off the top of your head, you're able to say this and that, and you're making this, and this is where that is, and this is where something's falling over, and so you're looking at doing that sort of stuff. But it, yeah, the numbers don't no, lie. No. The numbers don't lie. At the end of the day, that's the one. That's the one consistent. Yeah, and everyone does say like you got to know your numbers and, and this and that, and, and it is pretty vague. And even back in the day, when someone 
some some you know like uh, some guy with glasses or some accountant is there and he's like oh you gotta know your numbers you know? it's like how am i supposed to know what numbers i'm supposed to know i'm a freaking painter yeah like you know i know that i can put oil base on and in 50 minutes to an hour's time i can recode it that's what i know that's what i know how to do yeah but if you're content with that then that's fine and that's what my father was he was content with that but if you want more you can't go to your accountant you have to tell your accountant what to do yeah because the problem is is he's going to say well this or that like you can't wait for your accountant to say oh you know you you're blowing money out and you and you've lost 15 grand this quarter <laughs> like, yeah you should know that you should know that after the first four weeks that's it um like th- take for instance right um when the the common trend of hiring people in our industry is that you'll put an ad in the paper or the seek or whatever you'll say oh, yeah, i'll pay you x amount per hour you don't vet them you don't know who they are you literally just take them from a phone call and you start them the very next day and now you hope that you're going to make a profit out of them you don't know them. You haven't trusted. You don't like. You don't trust them. Would you let someone that you've never met before, and you're going to pay them X amount in your home the very next day, and just you'll just walk away and, and hope to God that they won't steal anything, break anything, and will do the job? Like you're not going to do that. But, that. but that's what that's what that's what ninety percent of contractors, even the big ones, even the 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 ones that make millions of dollars, you know, that's what they do. They hire people. They don't vet them. And if they do vet them, it's like, hey, have you, are you a painter? Yeah, I've been painting 20 years. Okay, great. I'll stick you with the guy that I know, who I trust. Yep. Yeah, well, I know your system. Now you're going to pay him between $30 and $40. You know, and it's just, it, it's just ludicrous. And the thing is, is those individuals that, you, that, you're, that you're hiring, you only get paid to put paint on the wall. That's how we get paid. We don't get paid for the marketing. We don't get paid for the sales. We don't get paid for the bookkeeping. We get paid to put paint on the wall. Yep, that's that's our business. And uh, if you're just going to hire any Tom, Dick, and Harry off the street, with yeah, well, I make money. Yeah, well, I mean, I know you've got a, a fairly strict and stringent hiring policy within your organisation of how you work it. It's not, um, you know, and that's something that we. Probably it'll be an idea at some stage. We might talk about that in the future of, um, you know, if we do another one of these with you and look at that um, as a, a discussion topic because I know that you can go into a fair bit of depth with that sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Um, and like like with anything, you know, like, you know, um, you know when, you, when you start, it's just yourself and maybe one or two others. Um, it, you know, you know, like, as you hire someone, you know if they're any good or not. But, you know, as you start not being there, it creates creates more and more problems. And, like, like I've hired hundreds of people, like, yeah. without without even, like, um, like, thinking about it. Like, in all honesty, I've hired hundreds of people. And the, the vast majority, it, it's like, <laughs> it's like... Uh, how many people apply to get into Harvard? Like yeah. thousands. How many yep. does Harvard University actually accept? Five, ten percent max. Yep. And that's how you. That's how you know. That's how you have to run your business. Yep. Yep. Great advice, mate. Really good advice on that one. 
that's you know um, that hopefully makes a few people think about what they're doing and how they're doing it. So you know, and the other thing with that at the moment too, with hiring, there's that much work out there. But you know, that's where you if if someone's looking, if you do question, um, well, why are they looking? If they're they're good enough, they should actually be working. Well, like you know, uh, there's. You know, yes, they, they should be working. I work for you on hourly rate. And for whatever reason, I've been with you for so long and then, I don't know, you know, we had a falling out or something like that. Yeah, like of course. Painter, so. painters, painters don't have um, resumes. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's a, a definite they don't. <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, this is a non-administrative non uh, role. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's not a, a job where, you know, you need to have uh, a resume. And frankly, you shouldn't realistically, the whole idea of resumes is absolutely ridiculous because, you know, everybody lies on a resume. So you don't even look at it. So what's the point of having it to begin with? Um, but that's that's another topic. But, you know, the reality is, is um, you know, when, when people are, you know, when everything's busy and people are in work, you know, they're not, they're going to be less inclined to say, yeah, well, I work for Nigel, you know, I punched his lights out because he tried to, to, to shortchange me or, or whatever the reason. Or, yeah. You know. And so, and, and so our, our industry is, is so fickle. Like it, it is, it's, it's, it's painters honestly are like journeymen. They journey from place to place trying to find the gold. And then, you know, not all of them, but the vast majority are journeymen that go from this place for a couple of years, this place for a couple of years. Oh, I might work for myself for a couple of months or a year and then I'll go back and work for somebody else. You know, and so it's, it's, it's not a, an industry where you see people doing, you know, 20 years long tenure like they do in factories. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. And so, and, you know, and the problem is, is as, as business owners and as contractors, what, what happens is you go onto Gumtree or, or Facebook or, or Seek or any of the, the, the employment platforms and you go, oh, I need painters next week when, you know, you should have thought about that two months ago, but that's another topic. And then you yeah. go, oh, everyone's paying $35 an hour on their ads. I'm going to offer $37 an hour so I can get all the applicants. And without you knowing it, what you're doing is you're creating the problem that exists which is driving up the hourly rate that it's completely inflated. You're inflating the hourly rate for what a painter is worth when the reality is, you know, it, you know for an hourly rate painter that's, 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 that's on full time or whatnot, they probably get $27 an hour. But yeah. now you're willing to pay $37 an hour on a casual rate for two weeks. Now that casual rate for two weeks of employment is now the going rate for full-time employment because they can't just distinguish the difference between casual and full-time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. But also, and that, that goes the other way with quoting. Because if, if he's quoting that at 60 bucks an hour, if I quoted it at 55, I'm going to win more work. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's the same. It's, it's, it's a reversal on that, which is one of our biggest things in, in our industry. You know, you've got to be cheaper than the other bloke to win the work. Well, no, you, you, you for sure know that that's not the case. You know, so... Um, over, the last, over the last year, like, yeah, like 
we we do a lot of quotes. We do nearly a th- we've done over a thousand quotes in the last twelve months. Yep. Uh, that's like that's massive. You know, that, that's over a hundred uh, a month. Yep. You know, and it's gro- it's growing as well. So, um, and the thing is, is when you do that many quotes, you start to realize that you know price is not the only determining factor. Like, um, it, it's it's like now and this is this is the thing you know like you know i remember when i was still on the tools doing you know repaints and stuff i would finish up at two o'clock i would take a scourer to work and i would scour my fingernails you know like as painters man we've been using yeah. scourers for, for as long as you know you get in the shower you use a scourer you, yeah. know, you give an you give an office worker a scourer and he goes oh that hurts you know like yeah that's um it. you know so yeah. you, you you give yourself a, a scour a scour clean of your hands and that before you, you know under the tap and then, you know, I would have um, all of my, my the shoes, so my leather shoes, my jeans, my, my business top, and I would change, put on perfume, and then I would go and quote till 6 o'clock at night. So yep. I would be on site at 6 and I would finish quoting at 6 and, and I would do that five days a week until I, had, until I could, you know, go off. And so the thing is, is um, understanding, and it comes back to understanding your numbers or understanding how much, you want to you need to make because like i've i seen a guy a couple of weeks ago and he was getting around in a dodge ram ute yep now don't you you know how much they they cost because you wanted to buy one we were talking about (laughs) Um, that a while back yep going traveling around the countryside with one look i've got no problem with you buying a dot i got like don't get me wrong lovely car i wish i wish i i had one but i don't wish i want to i don't wish for the repayments no, so exactly. If if you want to buy that and that you want to make that your everyday drive, like all the more power to you, right? Yeah. And this is no different to to a brand new Hilux, Navara, so on and so forth. Whatever else, yeah. But but if you don't quote accordingly, and you're because if I'm getting around in a hundred dollar car, and you're getting around in a five hundred dollar car a week then yep. our pricing structure is vastly different. So whatever I charge, you can't charge the same because you're, because the cost of just your car alone is triple. Exactly. It's more than triple. More than triple. Um, and so, so every quote that you now do, you have to allow, you know, for, for that car and then maybe for that, for that nice uh, trailer that you've got and all the rest of it. Yeah. And so the whole concept of being like, oh, you know, Mr. Short Painting charges, you know, you know, yeah, but you might have to charge a hundred because you don't, you know. Um, and so, with anything, mathematics unfortunately comes into it, and you have to understand how all of that stacks up. You know, like we spoke about hiring a painter for, for thirty-seven dollars an hour, and and he's your your predominant um, driver to make money. But it's like, what if you allow to to paint a to paint a door frame three coats in one hour, and it takes him two hours to do it? You lose That's money, it. not make money. That's right. So. So you have to understand how long things take, right? Not for you because you are the superhero because like if, if everybody was as good as you, nobody would work for you. Like, no, that's it. You know, every, business, every contractor and business owner seems to think that, you know, everybody's going to be as good as them as, or better and they're going to pay them less. <laughs> it yeah, doesn't, doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And you're going to sit back and make all the money. Like, it, you know, you have to understand that the people that you employ are going to do less than you because they're not as incentivized as you. 
100%. and um unless you're using a subcontractor that then you quote then one hour to do your frames and they Well, if you use a subcontractor, there's there's nothing wrong with using a subcontractor. But no, 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 get, nothing wrong with them. Yeah. But they but they are incentivized to work that little bit harder because they're on a fixed price. So if they finish the job in a quicker time, they're going to make more money. Is what I'm meaning in comparison to an employee. That's right. But but a subcontractor is generally a a more experienced uh, person or, or business owner or or small business owner or or, or who's his worth and goes, you know what, I'm not going to sell, I'm not going to settle for $35 an hour. I'm going to go and run my own show with one or two guys, but he's not stupid. And he knows if you're only allowing $35 to paint a door frame, and he's like, man, like, you know, how can I make money out of this? So yeah. you, you, you know, so you can't just expect him to work harder to, to make the same, if you know what I mean? So it, it, once again, it still ties into you calculating how long things take, allowing a, a considerable tolerance and then understanding what your overhead is and nice shiny offices and, and big shiny cars and, you know, uh, wastage everywhere because, you know, you use your business card to go out and go to Sizzler all the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, yes, yes, you know, you could, you know, you could buy coffees and that and say, oh, you know, business coffee, business coffee, business lunch, business. And I'm sure you'll be able to get away with it. But all of that's inflating your overhead, which means it's reducing how much you're actually able to take home. That's, ex yep, 100%. Well, you look at it this way. You spend $10. You spend $10 if you have a couple of coffees in a day. Um, suddenly you've got to come up with that extra dollar an hour. Because you've spent a dollar an hour, and that's the thing, right? If if you, if predominantly most of your employees are on, uh, you know, wages or, or hourly rate employment, um, the biggest the biggest cost that you're uh, to be worried about is time theft. Time theft yeah. will account for more inefficiencies and loss of product or a loss of revenue or profits than anything else. Like, it, let's just. Say if you got ten employees and each of them uh, at Smoko take an extra five minutes, that's fifty minutes. So that's 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 just five minutes. If they if they finish work at three o'clock as opposed to ten past three, you got you got another hundred dollars. That's right. You know, like, and so within the space of a week, you can literally calculate that you're losing five six hundred dollars a week just in inefficiencies span that over a year mate there's a trip to bali with all with all wine and, and drinks accommodated oh, and probably more i guess you know keeping on the, the sort of where we were headed with stuff you know because i know obviously your, your time's valuable and look we greatly appreciate you know your, your openness and your candor and everything with this but continuing on yeah i know you've put a lot of effort and time into actually systemizing your business now that's you know right through from the quoting process the, right the system systemizer yeah. yeah systemizing everything you know processing you know i can remember when you you first started you know out trying to work out how how am i going to do this how am i going to do that you know and then systemizing everything so what sort of challenges i guess did you face when it came to trying to systemize you know even your quoting i guess and then from there the as the projects progresses and so on and so forth like everyone was, I'm a painter, you know, like what do I know about office processes? You know, like 
Um, so, you know, that's where understanding, uh, you know, paperwork, I'm like you, you can't, and this is the thing, you can't just hire somebody. Like I can't just pick up the, the yellow pages or go on Google, hire a bookkeeper and be like, oh yeah, if I've hired her for $40 an hour and she knows exactly what, what's going on. No, no, no. Like you have to tell her exactly what you want and then you need to hold her accountable with exactly when she needs to do it and how long it's supposed to take. So it's like, if I'm hiring, like with the example of a bookkeeper, I need to provide her with all of the documentation of what I want. So I want these kind of reports and I want them done within 10 hours by 5 p.m. Yep. And if you can't provide that to me, I will simply take my business elsewhere. I will pack up my bat and ball and go elsewhere. And I have, oh, but I've got my kids to feed and I don't care taking my bat and ball and I'm going to find someone to give me what I want or what I need. And so it's no different to um, the quote, the, the, the contract, the project administration and, and all of that other good stuff. It all has to be, it has to come from the top down. You have to understand exactly what it is that you're prepared to offer your customer and also mitigate risk. So mitigation of risk as we spoke about with, with, the, with the builders and all the rest of it. it's like oh yeah i want you to do my forty five thousand dollars a square meter okay fantastic sign this oh no 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 i can't sign that well you can take your hundred dollars a square meter and you can you, you can get somebody else to do it because if you don't sign this you know like uh who's going to feed my daughters when you don't pay yep and so you know oh but you know my company will sign it yeah, but your company's worth a dollar. I need your director's guarantee because I want to take your assets, not your company's. Mm. And so um, if, if they won't do it, don't work for them. And, and I was in the same boat. Like it was like, oh, but you know, how can I give away all my work? And it's like, yeah, the work that you're doing isn't worth doing. Like that's the reality of it. And so you'd be better off working for somebody else because, you know, you, if, you, if you don't systemize and process out everything that needs to be done, the wife of the business owner is the one that actually does the business work. Yep. Like let's face it, right. In any contracting business, you could be a carpenter, right? The carpenter gets out of bed, gets in his four wheel drive, tows his trailer to the job. And he works like a man all day. Carpenters work, man, the way carpenters work, they're real men. I'm, unfortunately, I'm sorry. Painters, you know, we, we, we work, but car I'm sorry, but carpenters work, they work in the rain. They work in, in the cold, you know, they've got it over us, but they, but they seem to damage everything that we, that we do. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, you didn't say they were good carpenters. You just said that they no, were no, hard working carpenters. They, uh, yeah, they were hard working. They yeah. work harder than us. And so the idea is that we outsmart them, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's called variations. It's come, yeah. called variations going back and fixing up the work that they stuff up for you. That's right. If, if they want to work hard, they can work hard, but we'll work smarter and charge charging the, the earth. And, and so, you know, the carpenter gets out of bed, he goes to work, he works his guts out, comes home, he's covered in, in, in band glitter and um, gets it all through the bed. Well, you know, what invoice do I have to send? How many hours for this? So, you know, and the man honestly thinks, or the carpenter honestly believes that he is the one driving the business, but he's not. He's only driving production. The real business is being done by the wife. Yep. And the wife is the one that reconciles the payment and makes sure payment comes in. The wife's the one that sends the, the invoice to be paid. The wife's the one that, that coordinates the materials and, 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 the, and the guys. And Man, if the wife didn't pay his staff, his staff wouldn't turn up to help him lift the I-beam. Yep. You have to start to put into perspective, what processes does the wife need to do? You say, okay, the wife needs the invoice. Okay, so what is it exactly that the invoice has to have and how long does it take? And 
am I, you know, with anything, if you're like, oh, I've got a spray gun and I can do the same amount of work with a spray gun in half the amount of time, then you start to look at efficiencies and say, well, if I use this program as opposed to a pen and paper, I can cut 90% of the, the time. And so then with modern technology, you can automate a lot of processes as well. So, you know, you don't have to have somebody to have it, um, which cuts down on overhead, which, which increases profitability. And so when you look at, you know, you, and, and I'm not the one to tell you all of your different segments because every business is different, but let's just say you've got marketing, sales, uh, administration, production, like, you know, um, how do you know that your team, like your your so-called fantastic foreman that's, that's your best mate and he knows everything and he's the duck's nuts, how do you know that he's going to exact specification that you gave the client and for the correct dollar amount? Are you going to give him a pre-budgeted time schedule and say, you need to do this in 100 hours. This is the materials that you need. That's already been delivered. Make sure you stay on material budget and make sure, make sure you stay on our budget. If you come in under, then we can have a chat about bonus systems. But if you come in over, you're going to be fired and everyone that works for you is going to be fired as well. Yep. Once, oh, but again, my that comes down, once again, that comes down to that ruthlessness. Well, it comes down to process because yep. I'm not dictate my outcomes. I'm the one that's saying, Here's the, okay, we, we used the football analogy before, right? So if your son runs on the field and starts coat hangering people and head highing them, the, the, the NRL or whoever it is going to go, hang on, hang on, hang on. We've got a set of rules here, guys. Yeah. You, you can't just go out and, and rape 16-year-olds. Yep. You can't just go out and, and do these things. You've got to abide by a code of conduct. You've got to, you know, you can't, you, you know, when you run onto the field, you've got to be wearing your socks all the way up to your knees or whatever. Yeah. But it doesn't always, and but business it's isn't no like different. that. When you business, work for... business isn't always like that because, yeah, they will come in and coat hang you. They will do all of those other things, and those are the things that you've really got to watch out for. The employees and the, and the staff, yeah, they will. They will come in and break the rules if there's no rules. Yeah. So it's your job as a business owner to, to put the, uh, the staff member or whoever it is that, that we're talking about into a proverbial box and say, these are the confines that you operate within. If you operate, if you toe the line, right, I'm going to grab my, my, my stick and I'm going to smack your hand. And that's yep. in the form of a, of a warning or whatever it may be. If you go, if you tiptoe outside of this box, then that impacts on profitability. It impacts on my family. It impacts on my business because with a lot of small business, family, and business are so tightly oh completely is 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 tied to the success of the business yep. okay and so like you get people that have sole trader and all of their home and all that is 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 in their them and their wife's name and so there's no legal you know between company trust and, and all that other stuff that your accountant can help you with and your lawyers can give you advice on but you know if, if you've got these predefined constraints, you clock on or I pay you from this time to this time, you are not to be late. You are to do the job in this way. It's, it's fairly straightforward. I'm going to lay out the rules of the land. And it's like, you want to break those rules. That's no problem. I've got no problems replacing you because you would have no problems leaving me high and dry for an extra two, three dollars an hour if it came to me. Yep. And, and that's it because that's, that's the way. And then they're going to say to you, well, I'm sorry, man. It, it's not personal. Hmm. It's just that, you know, I'm getting a better deal over here. You know, why do some people go to Coles to get the special and not Woolworths? 
And yeah. so, you know how they say in the Hunger Games, may the odds forever be in your favour? Favour, yep. It's your job to, to stack the odds in your favour. And potentially, like, if you can create a win-win for everybody, like from my case, if I create a win for me, if I create a win for my customer, if I create a win for my, my staff, if I create a win for, for um, the neighbours down the street, the more people that I can create a win for, then the higher the probability of me getting what I want. But what I want is directly tied to my inputs and my team's inputs. Yep. And so if you get the correct inputs, such as I get enough quotes, I win enough jobs, I have enough team members, successfully recruit new team members if they if they don't play by the rules. The right ones. I, yeah, the right ones. You know, and I'm not saying that all employees are bad. I'm, I'm not saying that. No. If you are able to get your team to work within a confine of profitable and you know, I'm not saying you have to have a sixty percent profit margin and drive them into the ground because look, let's face it, guys work at seventy hours a week, they're not profitable because they're tired. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, making sure that your team are working within, you know, reasonable confines so that way you are profitable and then everything's hunky-dory, you know, but as soon as those confines are not met, then, well, you've got more problems that you, you've got so many fires to put out that you can't possibly, so, so you can't win the battles. You can't win all the battles. Yeah, you've got to pick and choose those. Yeah, because like, I don't know whether it was me or, you know, I'd love it. I'd love it. You know, I'd love to be competitive. But the problem was, was I, when I discovered who I really am and why I do things, you start to go, oh man, you know, you know, like how I've got some people have really destructive relationships. Yep. And, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, dude, like you're with this girl, you know, you know, she's going to cheat on you and you've got a history of so good, but you're still going to go out with her anyway. And now she's cheated on you. Now you're going to go and punch holes in the wall and get arrested again. Like, like everybody has their patterns and it's like, you know, you have to determine what your patterns are. and, And if you can determine that, Hey, these are the inputs that I need to make. And these are the ones that I need to steer away from. And we're not, we're not all perfect. Like even till still today, you know, but you know, if, if you can literally sit down and you can, you know, map it out, you know, you might say to yourself, look, man, you know, I don't want to drive a Ferrari and a Lamborghini. I don't want a, a mansion. And I would be happy with earning a hundred thousand dollars a year working for myself, uh, not having any stress, maybe working with one or two other guys. And if I can get in my four wheel drive and go to Morton Island or go camping once every three months, yep. that's the life for me. Sign me up. Yeah. That's what you want to do. And that, that's and, where the choices come in. And that's fine. But you have to know where you want to go in order to go there. One guy said years ago to me, he's like, if you were going to go to New South Wales, would you, before you drive out of your driveway, would you wait for every green light? Would you wait for every light that you're going to come across to go green? Or would you pack your car, get in your car, and then just, you know, but you've got a plan of where you're going. You don't have to physically detail every left turn and right turn and roundabout. You just get in your car and you kind of know where you're going south. So that's back our way south. If you hit a red light, you hit a red light. If you hit a car accident, you hit a car accident. Like I can, I can I'm confident I can deal with these situations. Yeah. And this is, um, this is the same. Yeah, yep, exactly. Okay. No, fabulous. You know, thanks for that. Now, I guess, you know, we've been going now for about an hour. And, you that's, know, what, and that's why I said, uh, because I got 12 o'clock. So that's why. Oh, I, I know. So that's why we, yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, look, I guess the, 
there's, there's two things that I, I really want to find out from you. Um, probably one of the biggest, and I guess for the listeners, is what would you recommend any painter that's, that's where you were sort of four or five years ago? What would you recommend on as a, as a, a way of doing it to actually, if they wanted to grow a million-dollar painting business, what would be your steps and your, your recommendations on doing that? Um, I would suggest that, um, you know, you, you have to look at where you currently are. Um, take all of the data that you currently can, can muster. So, like, um, and, and take the lay of the land. And as much as, you know, I'm a pretty tech kind of guy and a digital kind of guy, there's been plenty of times, um, not so not so often now, but I'd grab a six-pack, you know, I'd drink Coronas, I'd, have, I'd grab a six-pack, I'd grab a, a lemon or a lime, and I would sit there and I would just crack a, a beer after a beer and I would just like, I would go nuts, man. Yeah. And uh, I would just write out, you know, like anything that's in my head that's just ticking over. I would, I would map it out. And, and, and it's like understanding where you are today, what you want to do. And that's one thing. Like, okay, so I've got a $250,000 a year company. I work for builders and I, they're, there's only two or three of us. Okay, great. Well, you might it might be like three three fifty. So now I want to go to seven figures, and it's like, okay, so you want to go to seven figures. How much is that per month to begin? With? How many jobs is that? What kind of profitability do you need? What kind of systems or what kind of uh, technology or software or or three small children or do you have adult children or I, I don't know? Like, are you willing to sacrifice Saturdays? Are you willing to to go from five a.m. through to seven p.m. at night and come home? by eight to put him in bed. Like, I don't know. Like there has to be a roadmap and a plan because if you don't have that roadmap and you don't have that plan, then it's kind of like it's, it's left to chance. And so understanding exactly what it is that you want completely out of the ballpark, but a million dollars in three years really isn't. How often do you get the chance to completely revolutionize yourself within five years? Oh, exactly. Like, that's right. So like if, if I said to, to somebody, you got 350 grand a year now and you got two employees and you might have one of them being an apprentice, but in three to five years, you will be financially stable. What would you do for that? Most people would go and commit murder. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but they would. Yep. Now it's a question of what level of discipline will you attack this with? So once you've got a plan, like at the moment I'm overweight and I know that, but um, if I make a plan, I can write out a diet. I can write out a, a, an exercise plan. But if I regular action to that, I will not lose a single kilo. Yeah. But if I do those things and I approach that exercise like an athlete where I spend 15 hours a week training, yep. it will melt off me. And yeah. the same token is just because you do eight hours a day on the brush doesn't mean that that's eight hours a day on business. And if you're only doing 350 grand a year, I'm sorry to say, but you have, you're an apprentice. Mm. You need to learn how to, you need to put yourself through an apprenticeship in business. And if you haven't got someone that you can cling to, to teach you, you have to self-teach yourself and you have to spend 15 to 30 hours a week on top of your 40 working on the tools, studying, you know, the guy down the street that's, that's doing $3 million a year. And even someone like me, I will be more than happy to eat your lunch and take the revenue from you and get my team to do it. Because if yep. you falter, I will more than happily put you out of business. Couldn't care less. 
And if you're not willing to play in that space, no different to how your your boy plays rugby league and plays for keeps, yep, you'll be you'll you'll be slaughtered. Yeah. So and that's and that's business. That is business. Yeah. That that's sound like oh Jesus Christ, like you you know taking this a bit too seriously, mate. You know, like Jesus Christ. But I've got two young kids under the ages of three. One my my, my daughter's uh, two and a half, and my other one's eight weeks. Do I want them to grow up seeing their dad beaten, broken, and and broke, lost everything, drug addict, alcoholic? That's the game that we're playing. Yep, and unfortunately, that's the outcomes. That's the flip side. Unfortunately, sometimes business is a game. Well, it is, and you know, look, I've got just as much um, riding on on my success as you do. As, as the next person down the street, the guy in the office next to me. Everyone's playing their own individual game. You know, it's, it's no different to a professional athlete. If you don't invest everything in this, especially until you get to a certain point where you can taper off a little bit or not take it as seriously, if you don't invest everything in this, you, you will just stagnate. Like, you'll just go to the, to, to the football. You'll just be playing park football to your 28 years of age. And then you'll get caught in a tackle. You'll you'll blow your ACL out, and now you can't go to work. Yep. But you love to play football. Yeah, that's it. That's... Well, you know, there's a time and a place, and maybe you should, maybe you should have played touch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's uh, <laughs> you know, um, and and in, in our case, and, and what we're talking about, touch is working for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's there's nothing wrong with either or. Honestly, there's there's you know oh, you're not. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, your business wouldn't survive, you know, any painting business wouldn't survive if they don't have their employees and their staff and their subcontractors and they, all the other. So there, there is a fit and a place for everyone. Not everyone's motivated to actually take on the, 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 the gamble and take on the game of actually running their own business because it's scary, you know, and, and we all know that and all of those that are out there doing it know it, you know. Um, it, it's one of those that... It is a gamble every day and it'll continue to be a gamble um, every day. You know, there's nothing to stop. Like I said, something all of a sudden happened to someone that, that's important within your business. They get offered an extra chunk of money and then off they go and disappear and, and all of a sudden you're left with a big hole that you need to fill. But you've invested all your time, your energy, your whatever in training them in, in what you require um, and then you're back to square one to start again or either do it yourself until you get spend that extra time and train someone. So it's, yeah, it, it's that vicious circle. So take, for instance, with me, um, my office manager, she's, she manages all aspects of the office as well as oversees certain level of production. Um, yep. You know, so, so when it comes to admin, I don't have a great deal to do with that. Um, so she, she's decided to resign based on the fact that she's got two young kids and, the role is just, it's taking too much of her life. Um, yep. Her health is suffering and she's made, as much as she, she loves to work for us, she's made the decision to be a full-time mum. Yep. And it's, it's my job to say, you know what? I accept that. I don't resent you. I don't hate you. I, that's all good. That, that, I wish you all the best. And a lot of the time people go, yeah, I wish you all the best. You know, and then they smirk and they, they call them all the names under the sun. Now what am I going to do? Now I'm screwed. But for me, 
we have every every part of her job is documented and videoed. We already have. She's she's leaving uh, within three weeks' time, so she's she's given four weeks' notice, which which I yep. appreciate, which, which right. is part of her. Now she is as of today after giving me notice a week ago, we have already hired someone and she is sistering the new employee. Yep. Perfect. So for me, yes, there's a double up of, of uh, wages. So unfortunately I have to pay out wages for two people for, for four weeks. But after four weeks, that new team member is able to work autonomously. However, if I didn't have everything processed and didn't plan for the worst, and didn't act responsibly, I could be wallowing in a hole drinking Coronas and going, oh, the world's gonna fall apart. How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do that? Instead, I'm talking to you with not a care in the world. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And that's, but once so, again, that comes back to all of the things that you've done, like we've discussed today, from, you know, from where you've been to, to you know, understanding that self-development to, systemizing the business to now you know having those those all of those things in place for this to happen and that's that's what you know i guess our conversations about is getting people to understand that that is part of running a business you've got to have those contingencies in place yeah yeah it is so, um yeah well it it like it goes beyond the guys that are working on the wall like what happens if, if if your wife's giving birth and you've got nobody and you don't know how to send the invoices? Exactly. You know, there you the, go. You, you, you know, like, um, and, and, you know, it's not like your wife wants to send the invoices. Honestly, like she didn't sign up for this. No, that's it. You know, so be a big boy and, and handle it. Yep. No, exactly. Well, look, Len, from discussions we've had, first of all, I'd like to thank you for your time because I know, you know, um, you've taken it out of your day to, to come and have a chat and give your experience and talk about, you know, what you've done and and you've been, you know, really open, which is great, and sharing, you know, sharing your time um, and sharing your experiences of what you've gone through. I know that we've talked and we've probably, you know, we're about doing these on a, a semi-regular basis and catching up if there's topics that, that come across that we find that we, we might... Um, you know that we'll find for sure of relevance you know that that you know i can come to and talk to you yeah. about and um you know look i'd like to yeah just thank you for your time and look forward to the next time we catch up yeah sounds good man uh no worries at all i'm sorry if i came a bit across a bit um too harsh but it's, just no, look, it's honest and, and look that's why i wanted to talk to you you know we've had some brutally honest conversations throughout the years you know, it's and but that's the one thing that, that I really like is you'll call it as you see it. You're not going to try and fluff it up and talk about fairy dust and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, if this is a problem, you tackle it head on and say, okay, this is a problem, needs to be fixed. How am I going to fix it? What what can I do? You know, and then the same for me. I come to you, hey, look, what are you finding within your business that I could be doing better to help you? You know, and that's where we, I, I feel that we work really well together in that we share a lot of information because I'm looking for what the painters are needing and you're looking at it from the painter's perspective of what do I need? So, yeah. you know, it, and it's a great synergy that we have and it works really well. So, look, yep, once again, thank you very much and uh, look forward to...
talking again soon. Sounds good, mate. Thanks, Glenn. The Aussie Painters Network team would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Painters Podcast. If you have any industry-related topic or would like to just have a chat, remember, Aussie Painters Network and Painters Training are here for you. Bye for now.